Hi, and welcome to the Get Real with Mama Moines podcast. This is going to be a lighthearted, fun, yet informative platform. It's going to be dedicated to answering all of your burning questions and tackling life's real issues. I am your host, Emily Moines, and I will be joined by my trusted sidekick and BFF of 35 years, Shelly. Just two best friends here to solve the world's problems one fiasco at a time. So now it's time to get real. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. I am joined again today by my co-host Shelly Cousin. Shelly, is it a little too early in the morning for you, Shell? Well, you know, it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I was out really, really late last night. I think I went to bed at like 10.30. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, it's because I was out really late the night before drinking wine, and then it takes two days to recuperate at this stage of life. Oh, no shit. I was out. I think I've been out probably five nights this week with birthday parties and with friends coming in from Vancouver visiting. And last night I'm like, no, I'm just going to go to bed early. And that didn't happen. And I go to bed early. I went to bed at midnight. That's early. No, that's not early. I'm in bed by nine. Are you kidding? I am. I go to bed with the freaking chickens. So I'm Feeling it a little bit this morning, too. You mean you go to bed with the old hens? Go to bed with the old hens. Yes, I do. Well, you know, when you go to bed early, you miss all the fun at night. I don't suffer from mofo. I really, really don't. I honestly do not. And I know a lot of people do. Unbothered, 100%, could not care less. Okay, but, but, hang on. So when you do- not mofo, not mofo, F-O-M-O. <laughs> yeah, F-O-M-O. you mo. So, yeah. but when you're out at night, aren't you like start to get really tired by 10? Uh, no, it depends on where I am. If there's action, like I was at my girlfriend's the other night and we had amazing music. We were in her backyard. The music was great. I know it's not your kind of music. It wasn't jazz, but we were dancing. We were drinking. We had great conversations. So no, I, that it was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe it's one o'clock in the morning. But if you're just sitting around like, then yeah, I start to get tired. I just want to go home. Yeah. Like if I was sitting around listening to jazz. I okay, I don't listen to jazz all the time. You would not <laughs> believe some of the good music I've discovered lately. Mm. Okay, mm. I have to say, Dope Lemon. Oh my God. Never heard of it. Oh, well, that's what Spotify does. <laughs> it's anyway, we need to get into this. Okay, so I'm just going to start by saying that this little conversation that Shelly and I are going to have uh, all came from one of the followers. And she sent a message and she just basically said, I love listening to you guys. I love listening to your podcast. I love, you know, following you on Instagram. I'm younger. She's 24. And I was just would love for you guys to talk about advice that you would either give your younger selves, which is a great topic, or like, what would you have done differently? What advice do you have for somebody in their 20s? And I was like, called Shelly right away. Got a great topic because I think I know for myself there's a lot that I would have done differently 
lot I wouldn't, but a lot I would. But there's also advice I would definitely give my younger self. Jeff, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, retrospect and hindsight. They always say hindsight is twenty twenty. I mean, let's face it, you have to go through the stuff. It's called self-discovery. But now sitting here, what advice would you give your younger self? Is it the same advice you'd give your kids in their 20s? A hundred percent. Yes, totally. For me, it is. For me, it is. So I remember Cody. So my son went to school to be a vet. And that's, I mean, that was five years of university, a lot of money, right? And, and he graduated with honors and he wrote his MCATs and he was ready to go to, to vet school. Veterinarian school. Yes. So listen, I think a lot of parents would have been like completely devastated when their child comes to them and says, you know, mom, dad, I'm, I'm not going to be a vet after having spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. He decided he wanted to be a pilot. And so, you know, when I look at back at that now, he loves it. He loves it. So it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to not know really what you want to do when you go to university at 18 years old. It's okay to, you know, I'm not saying don't go to school. I'm not saying that. I mean, but there's other options. And for him, he changed his mid-20s. And then, you know, he had a little bit of regrets like, oh, all my friends, I'm so behind the ball. Like I'm so behind the eight ball. I don't have a house. You know, I'm still, I'm back in school. But like fast forward to five years later and he doesn't regret a thing. So, you know, if you young people out there are worried about, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to take. I get it. I mean, I get it. So are you saying that the point is, that. I mean, it's okay to not know what you want to do and to change it. If, if, exactly. The point is, the advice you give to your younger self is don't worry about when you make that first commitment about making change. No, and don't be afraid to fail. Don't, don't be, be afraid, afraid to fail. fail. It's a huge one. You know what I was thinking too, you know, the biggest thing I think that we learn as we get older that we telling our younger selves is don't worry about what other people think about you. Oh, God, absolutely. Actually, you realize that people don't really give a shit. Like, we worry in our 20s so much about image and what people think of us. And then finally, you realize that everybody's in that same boat. They're all self-consumed, and nobody cares about what you are doing. Don't mm-hmm. worry about being judged, you know? No, not at all. And I think that's so, because I think that's our problem more than the judger's problem. I think we exactly, are so- exactly. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, I was thinking of a true friend, a true friend would not judge you. They would support you. So those who are judging you and you feel judged by them, they're not worthy of your friendship anyway. No, no, they're not. And it's, and uh, that's a great point because I think, you know, I think we are sometimes, you know, a product of our environment and we are conditioned or, you know, people pleasers. I know that when I was growing up, I grew up, with a mom who is very much a people pleaser, very much. And it's hard to, you know, to sort of see that and not emulate that when you're older, but you're never going to make everybody happy. Never. And you're kidding yourself. If you think you are, you're never, it's never going to happen. So I totally agree with you. I don't care so much what other people think. And listen, they're really not obsessing that much over you. They really aren't. No, that's what I was saying. They don't really 
care. They just like to make themselves feel important, basically. And, you know, they don't really care. They just are, it's really their own self-importance they're trying to put out there. Yeah, I don't know. I totally, totally agree with that. It's hard though for the young kids, right? With social media and the standards that they think that they have to, you know, you know, hold. They have to live up to. I think the social media has really exacerbated it and uh, put it right out there in the forefront. But. Yeah, and it takes a st- it takes a strong personality. Uh, you know, it takes a bold personality to you know say I don't, I don't give a shit what you think or I don't give a shit. I'm just going to be me. But when you get older, it's liberating because you honestly do stop caring that much. Oh, no, you really don't give a shit. You and don't give I a shit. Remember, my sister used to say, "Just wait until you get to your fifties, and you really won't give a shit." No. And that's what I think it's, is just so liberating. It's so freeing. And I would tell you also your younger self, don't take yourself too seriously. Oh my God. I was just, have fun. just, just, that was one of my points. I was yes. just say that. Don't take yourself so seriously. No, laugh at yourself. Listen, guys, no one's getting out alive. No one, no one. Oh no my one. God. I can't. That's so funny that you said that because I'm like, I would, the next thing I was going to say is laugh at yourself. Don't take everything so seriously. Joan Rivers, I printed this quote and I gave it to my daughter. Life is too important to take seriously. Joan, no. It's, I printed it out. I put it in the frame, put it on the wall. Yeah. And because, I mean, you know, it's, I look at kids sometimes, you know, kids are just so free and they don't care and they're silly and they're a little bit obnoxious and they don't, if they fall or whatever, they just don't care. They just get up and they keep going. And I admire that about them. They're completely unbothered. My goal in life now is to be unbothered. (laughs) Which is different than being not bothered. Not bothered. Couldn't, no, it's not actually. Because a lot of times now, too, as we get older, yeah, I couldn't bother. Yeah, I don't want to be bothered by that. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say no. That's another thing, you guys. It's okay to say no. No. Yeah. And it's really, I know it's hard. But going back to the whole Cody thing, I think a really important thing that I would tell, and I tell, and I tell my kids now, and I think they've all got it, you know, for me, it didn't come until a little bit later, but I wish I had gotten it earlier, but figure out what it is that you really are good at, or that you really love, or that really resonates with you. And then figure out a way how to make money doing that thing. Because I, now I, the staging, I love it. Like I love the interior decorating and the staging. I love it. When I get a job, it's exciting. And I don't even think about like the paycheck. Even Shell, when we were working for L'Oreal and you're working for Revlon, I don't know about you, but I didn't ever really like even think about cause the paycheck because I loved my job at L'Oreal. I loved it. It was fun. I loved my job at L'Oreal too. <laughs> you were, weren't you with Revlon? No, remember I worked with you at Vichy? Oh, yes, 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 yes. That was so wait, I want to. I just want to go back to what we were saying about you know, advice giving to your, your uh, younger self. I think that's, you know, just also when you have kids too, it's so easy to get sucked into the competition and don't compare yourself. Don't compare yourself when you're in your twenties, 
Don't compare yourself and don't compare your children to other children. Like when my daughter, when she was little, didn't want to sit down and pick up a book when the other kids are reading nonstop and she was like running around like a lunatic, but they all find their own pace and they all find their own. So I think comparing is a huge thing. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I think comparing is a huge thing. It's hard, I think, to do as parents sometimes because you feel like you're failing if your child isn't up to par, if your child isn't reading or isn't talking or isn't, you know, the class mathematician. But now, again, like you said, being older, having gone through it, they find their way. They find they their find niche. Their way and they do. And they end up, you know, finding their place. And so those milestones when they're kids, yeah, it doesn't really mean anything. Unless, of course, there's an unidentified learning disability that you have to, you also have to really be on top of that sort of thing as well. You know, like if sometimes there's red flags, like get that checked out right away. But other than that, you know what, they all end up pretty well finding their way eventually. But yeah, they do. And that, and that leads to another really important thing that I was jotting down notes last night, the worrying the worrying. Oh my God. The worrying that I did in my twenties was insane. I had a child that was born with a lot of physical problems. And I remember like, and I think I have to be honest, I think a lot of that also attributed to my first divorce because there was so much, yeah, there was so much stress. It's a constant worry. And I, you know what I remember? I remember sitting in the, in the pediatrician's office one day And of course, I'm in my 20s, like 24. And he was older. And he said to me, but again, hard to like hard to take that advice and and really, you know, internalize it. He said, one day, all of this is going to be in the past. It's not going to matter. It's going to be it's all going to turn out. Life has a way of sorting itself out. This too shall pass. And you are literally wasting away, you know, prime years worrying yourself to death. And it's so true because when I look back now, everything sort of did resolve itself in the moment. It was like everything was devastating. Everything was like the world was crashing in. And of course, you have to be pragmatic and you have to look after, you know, you have to go to those appointments and do everything you can and get down, you know, get to the bottom of what's really going on. But when it's out of your control, the worrying is senseless. You're literally robbing yourself of the joy of today, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. And I am really cognizant of that now. If you can't control it, really, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just not. Yes, that's exactly it. You know, if you can't control it and you can't change it, then you can't worry about it. And I think that, you know, what's helped me go through a lot of my trials and tribulations was to really just say, Oh, well, and at some point you have to just say that. Oh, yes, well. you do. Oh, well. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm, this is actually funny. So the other day I'm with my girlfriend, we're going to do a staging job. We're on the highway and this massive truck, <laughs> it's actually funny. This massive truck goes by and a rock comes up from the wheel and smashes the windshield on my car. Okay. Just, I drive a Mercedes. So fixing the windshield is not like a cheap thing. It's freaking expensive. So anyway, it hits the windshield. I turn and I look at her. She looks at me. We shrug our shoulders and we just keep driving. <laughs> and 
so you couldn't really see, but you know, you had your GPS. Like, what are you going to do? Like, literally, what are you going to do? That just happened. That sucks. Let's get on with the day. I'll deal with it tomorrow. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. (laughs) So, and I'm like, now, probably in my 20s, or, or not even in my 20s, do you guys know people that just lose their shit over every little thing? Just lose their shit. Yeah, lots of people do that. Lost luggage. Maya Angelou actually has a quote, and you can really learn some, you know, a lot about people by, there's all these different things. And one was if losing their luggage at the airport. Like people just lose their shit. And it's like, oh my God, relax people. And I think I've instilled that in my kids. My kids are all pretty chill. All of them, they're pretty chill. Yeah, well- you know, and it's also going through that stuff too. You know, yeah. with your luggage though, you do learn to pack certain things in your carry-on. Yeah. If you are to lose your luggage, you're going to be fine for two days. Oh, it's yeah. not the end of the world. Gone through that before. I mean, right. Like, is it an aggravation? Yes, it is an aggravation. Does it suck? Yeah, it sucks. In the big picture and the big scheme of things, It doesn't really matter. And that's the whole thing that those are the words that I think are really important to live by in the big scheme of things. It doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't really matter. Last weekend, I was helping my aunt decorate her brand new, beautiful house. Okay. And she started crying because she felt really overwhelmed and stressed out. And because of COVID, all this furniture is like backordered and blah, blah. And in her frustration, she started crying. And I said, oh my God. There's people dying in Afghanistan. You don't cry. You're going to cry in front of me about a couch right now, like an expensive, beautiful couch or a rug. I can't remember what it was. Come on. And then she started laughing. She's like, oh my God, you're so right. I'm like, there's people dying. Put it into perspective. (laughs) And you can't get your beautiful rug on time. Come on. Come on. Like put some burlap down on your floor. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Or, um, you know, having a perfect house when your friends come over, like you said, Shelly, are they really your friends if they're judging your house? Exactly. Who cares? Okay. Having said that though, when we have our friends over, we do like to make sure our house looks really good. And sometimes that's the push you need to get those new pillows or, you know, to do, because it does make you feel good. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter. You, I mean, but when our house doesn't look great, it's that's actually like, it's only by our standards and our judgment on ourselves. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And actually leads me into another thing I had here. Another note I had that I wish I did when I was younger. You're talking about the cushions or the pillows and some people get carried away with the stuff and the things. Well, yeah, I mean, every guy thinks <laughs> that all, all their wives and girlfriends have way too many pillows on their bed. Yeah. Okay. Here's my biggest regret. I don't have a lot of regrets. I really don't. My biggest regret was having gone, again, this is now in hindsight as a 55-year-old, having gone back to work after having my babies. Because back then it was, what, 16 weeks? We had mat leave? Four months? It's four months. For me, that was a huge now looking back. So it was having gone to work after having my kids. I mean, I get it. If you have to go back to work, if you have to, I get that. I mean, two income families is a norm now, but I didn't have to. I didn't. So we got caught up in the material things and wanting two cars and wanting a nice home and, you know, wanting the perfect everything. 
And now I wish I'd spent more money like on experiences, on traveling. I think Shelly, you guys are actually really good for this, your family. On traveling, on experiences, rather than putting it into making sure the mortgage gets paid off, making sure that we've got two brand new cars, making sure that it's beautifully built. Like, it doesn't matter. I know, honestly, we, I did not get sucked into that. Thankfully, when my kids were born, I knew I wanted to be home with them. Yeah. But, you know. My biggest regret. By far, I could cry about it when I think, when I look back at the baby picture. Yeah, but you know what, you make, you can't also, you can't regret stuff too, because you make decisions based on the information at the time. So at that time, that was important to you. And, you know, maybe as a family, you needed that income at that time. We did um, need the income. That's my point. That's, that's the thing. Point. So, I mean, you can't really, I mean, I know I understand this regret. Thankfully, you know, I stayed home with the kids, but I always had a business. I was going to interior decorating school. I had a gift basket business. I had, remember, I had At my bag business. Yeah. So I did all that stuff from home. And that's when you called me and said, do you want a job with Vichy? Yeah. And I said, no, I'm too busy. I can't. I'm going to interior decorating school. I'm doing all of this. No. But then I dropped out of school. <laughs> Yeah. But the kids were older then, weren't they? But the kids were older then. No, not really. My youngest was in I think like JK grade one. So oh, that's Kayla. She's 27. Yeah, she's I was living on Paula Court, so I was already divorced from Brian. So the kids were definitely older. No, my kids were so when I started working for Vichy, they were I think great junior kindergarten grade two or something but yeah but that I mean but that you know that I get like I went back to work at four months old four months well listen if you live in the states you're not even getting that I know so my point is we were lucky at that time for four months but I mean now they get a year oh I have a friend that I have Blake's Blake's uh friend that just had a baby is 18 months she's taking for mat leave so it's things that change. But anyway, we're going back to advice. So think about that. You will never get that chance again, ever. You will always have a chance to work. You will always have a chance to make money. You will never get the opportunity to be home with your babies. So if you can do it, I and it's for you, that now is my regret. When I look back, I didn't need, I mean, yeah, we could always use the income, but we didn't need the income. And I wish I had somebody say to me back then, don't rush it. Cause I remember us thinking too, I can't wait till you can walk. I can't wait till you can talk. I can't wait till you can do this. I can't wait till you can do that. And here we are, Shelly with 31 year olds. What? Well, like, where did the time go? It's insane. So I had my daughter when I was turning 31 and she just turned 30 this year. Like what? I know that's So that's my point. Don't rush it. Don't do the math. Switch the time away, you know, because I, I felt like I was just wishing time away. So, and I wish I had somebody tell me then, like, I wish I had an Emily in my life when I was 24. That You wouldn't have listened. That's the whole thing for that age group. But it would have put a bug in my ear. It's for sure. It's hindsight is 2020. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would have put a bug in my ear. I didn't really, I felt like I never really had the guide, that guidance, I really don't. I mean, not, not knocking my parents. They did the best they could coming to a foreign country with three kids and not speaking the language and no money. But I always felt like I was the parent. I still feel that way. I feel like I'm, I've always been the parent in that relationship. So I never really had the guidance or the, you know, anyway. I mean, yeah, I didn't have the guidance because I didn't even have parents. Yes. So I had no guidance at all. I had my, you know, my older sister, 
she was a stay-at-home mom. And so basically we're just an, <laughs> we, we're not career driven in my family, but we're hard workers and we work and we're have a good work ethic, but we're not career driven. We're definitely very family oriented as I know you are too, but well, hey. I, think, I think both of us have become super resourceful, all things considered. You lost your parents at 16. My parents were in a foreign country, language barrier. They, I mean, they didn't, they worked like my dad worked with all Italian, Portuguese, Greek, Spanish. He didn't even have to learn the language. And so when it came to anything, you know, forms, any like legal, anything, taxes, even today, I book their flights when they go to Portugal. I arrange everything. I just feel like I've been the parent forever. And so there was no guidance. But having said that, Shelly, I think it served us. I personally think, speaking for myself, served me well. I agree. I was very resourceful. I figured it out always. I was, you know, I had a job at 14, buying my own clothes, taking care of myself, had my first car that I bought and paid for at 16. I became a Canadian citizen, totally on my own, studied by the, at 16. So yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that served us well. I really do. That's why you see it all, you know, we were way more mature back then than I think the current 20 year olds because they've been coddled. And they uh, yeah, I think they've thrown <laughs> out into the warrior world to stand on their own two feet. So they're like totally coddled. Oh and my God, totally I don't coddled. I think that's serving them well at all. And I remember, you know, when you're faced with ad- adversity, oh my God, I can't even talk. Adversity. Thank you. You're adversity. welcome. <laughs> it's like I've been going through that lately, the last couple of days. I swear I'm not drinking. Like hell, don't coddle your kid and say, oh, it's okay. Come home from university. No. Face yeah. the shit, people. Yeah, no, I think I think that society. That's how you develop self confidence. We weren't confident back then, but self confidence came from having successes in doing these really tough things. Well, you having no choice. Like we had no choice. I had no choice. Like we had no choice. We had no choice. Exactly. I had to stand on my own two feet. What was I going to do? You know. And even yeah. moving to Ottawa, I didn't know anybody, so I had to move here. But you know what's. What's the best advice you ever received besides going to see a lawyer? But other than that. Okay. So the, going back to what I just said, I, I really feel like I didn't ever really have guidance. I felt like I literally feel like I've been having to stand on my own ever since that freaking plane landed in Montreal in 1972. Did anyone give you some good advice along the way? I mean, I can tell you what I, the one piece of good <laughs> advice that I received that has really held on to for many aspects of my life. When I had my first kid, you know, when you have your first kid and yeah. you're, you, you have no, you don't even know how to parent. Yeah. You know, you think about the days and you used to play with dolls. No, nope, it's not a doll actually needs to be fed and changed. Anyway, my doctor said to me, trust your instincts. Yes. I guess switch went on for me. And I thought, because I think a mother's instinct is so strong and he recognized that. Yes. And when he told me to trust my instincts, it's like, wow. Okay. It gave me such confidence and that trust your instincts, I think applies to all levels in our life. You know, when you have, you know, the red flag with the relationships, you go back to talking about relationships, the red flags, always trust your instincts because 99% of the time they're correct. I'm going to say 100% of the time they're correct. And I'm going to take it a step further and say, listen, your instincts, it's an, it, I believe it's an, an innate quality that has been 
put there for a reason. So trust your instincts and don't ignore those red flags. You guys don't ignore them. I think it's, is it Maya Angelou that says when somebody shows you who they are, believe them the first time. It's the same thing is out of the mouths of drunks and babes, you know, people tell you, yeah, their first instincts usually are correct. Yeah, well, that's not always true. You have to give a bit of a grain of salt with that one. I don't know. Every time I've had a, an experience where I've gone, mm, you know that mm, something's just not sitting right. It's not sounding right. It usually isn't. There's usually something to it. And I think your gut, I, there's a whole chapter in my book about that. Your gut instinct. Yeah, your gut. We'll never steer sure. you wrong. Never. It will not steer you wrong. Yeah, and that's um, your instincts. That's that's it exactly. Yeah, I think another thing I would tell my younger self. I think you were good for this, Shelley, because I remember having this conversation in her twenties. Start saving your money like young, early, as soon as you get your first job. Take a percentage of that and put it aside. And I know everyone's like, "Well, I don't make enough, and I can't, and I, every penny goes to bills." But even if you take your coffee fund or whatever you're spending money on that you really don't pay principle. Yeah. Put it aside. It does make a difference. It does compound. I know it's hard. I was pretty good with that, but I wasn't as good as I could have been. And my kids now tell me that I should have instilled that in them even more than what I did. Yeah, because that's it, great advice. It really does pay off because when you do save when you're younger, yeah. really, really good advice. Yes, um, because I know that I hate talking about my kids and naming them, but one of them said to me, Mom, I wish you had been like more adamant because of all the money I think I wasted on dumb shit. And so, yeah, I mean, there you go. Save, save young. Start saving as soon as you can. I think as soon as you get your first job, start putting some away. And it does trust me now in my fifties makes a big difference. And also, you know what I think is really good too. I mean, in today's world with kids now, they every they have um, robo investing. Sign up for these robo investor companies, and then just take your hundred bucks a month, and they'll invest it for you based on your risk tolerance. And it's a great, great thing because when you by the time you get to our age and it comes so fast, we were just saying, you know, that really compounds and makes a big, big difference. So that's great advice. Yeah, absolutely. For all you moms that have kids, young kids, I remember again, you know, I remember having it's hard for me to talk about this because when those memories come to mind, I'm like, God damn, make time for your little kids make time for your kids always but I remember when I was working for L'Oreal constantly saying I'm busy I'll be right there I'm busy I'm busy I don't have time today I don't have time for that you know and again the time is gone it's over it's finished we'll never get that time back so make time listen to your kids make time give them half an hour of your time to I don't know play house or whatever 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 they want to do because again now when I look back I regret I remember especially with my youngest so many times always busy and I remember her saying to me mom you're always busy you're always busy ouch yeah ouch so you'll never get the time back Make the time, make the time for your kids, make the time for your friends. It's so hard to make the time with your kids because working 
getting food on the table. I remember when we had to do those stupid reports and the kids were in the bathtub. They're in the bath and I'm there beside them getting these reports done that nobody read. No, nobody read. And listen, nobody read. We L'Oreal, Revlon, whoever you are, these big conglomerate companies don't give a shit about you. They really don't. They don't give a shit about you as an employee. You're paid. They, they, they pay your, your paycheck, but they don't care. And apparently what I read when I, last night I was doing some research on this, the number one regret, people on their deathbeds, do you know what the number one regret is? Spending time with their family. No, they don't regret spending time with their family. They're number no, one I'm regret. not regretting. I mean... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not spending time with their family. Yes. No, honestly, yeah, or maybe you regret spending too much time with their family. God damn it. Why did we do all those family trips? Yeah. So giving their work way too much of their time oh, is absolutely. the number one regret on everyone's deathbed. So like, think about that because they don't care. These companies don't care about you. You're a number. You're, you, you quit today. You're replaced tomorrow. So that time with your kids, save your money. Don't care what anybody says. Don't take everything so seriously. Yes. Live in the moment. Stop. I said to my kids, learn to laugh at yourself because if you don't, others will. So you better laugh at yourself. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And what I also instill in my kids is try to like enjoy the process, live in the moment, enjoy the ride. So many people today are so concerned about, you know, what others think of them, right? And, and working at jobs they hate to impress people that they don't even fucking know. And also, I think so many people are always waiting for, I'll be happy when I get that job. I'll be happy when I get that bigger house. I'll be happy when I get that new car. I'll be happy when I'm married. I'll be happy when I, the life is passing you by when you're waiting to be happy for that next big thing. Well, and that, I mean, if you're looking for external things to make you happy, you got to really start inside. Okay. Glad you brought that up because money does not make you happy. I lived it for 15 years. Lots of money. When but I it can buy happiness. No, it can't buy happiness. Well, it can. No, it cannot buy happiness. It can pay for psychiatry. It can pay for. No, listen, money definitely. No, we know that though. Financial stress. Is, is a big thing. It really is. Financial stress is a big thing. No, financial uh, stress is a big thing. So not having money can make you unhappy, but having money doesn't necessarily make Having you an abundance of money, being rich does not make you happy. I was happiest when I had enough money to pay my bills, you know, to not need for anything. I, I never had a lack of anything. You know, even after divorcing my first husband, I was good. I, you know, I had plenty of money to, you know, pay my bills, still travel. Not, I wasn't traveling a lot, but I would get my, you know, get my yearly vacation. I was happiest then, than when there was so much money and I was not, yeah, like it starts from within. Like you said, it was not, my soul was dying, but I had multiple vacation properties, lots of luxury cars. I had a huge designer closet. I know, I know. I was not any happier. In fact, I was... You looked damn good. Yes, I looked damn good. And I played the part, the facade for many years. Looking in, I looked like, fuck, I had it all. So don't aspire. You know, I think your idea of success changes as you get older. Don't aspire to just acquire things and make a ton of money. What you need to acquire in life really is 
relationships with people and feeling good about yourself. What's going to make you feel good about yourself? I've got a good quote we can end on. Yeah, go for it. Oh, hang on. Before we end on that, I have two other things. Stop tanning. Quit going to tanning beds. Do <laughs> have tanning beds? Oh, yeah. I thought so, they were against the law now. Oh, are they? Okay, good. They should have been against the law a long time ago. Don't go to tanning beds. Try and, uh, you know, protect your skin. Well, let's talk about, yeah, we can talk about skin. And and don't all leave your vacation days unused. So again, when I was doing research last night, apparently a massive percentage of people leave their vacation days unused. And then when you don't use them, you lose them. Come on, guys, use up your vacation days. Okay, go ahead. What do you want to end on? Okay. So. Oh, and take risks. Take risks. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh, you're keeping this 30 minutes. Okay. So perhaps the secret of living well is not in having all the answers but in pursuing unanswerable questions in good company. And of course you could have having a glass of wine with that. Where'd you get that quote from? That's a good one. You know what? I think that that sort of epitomizes, you know, what life can be. It's not about having all the answers, but it's in pursuing those answers, unanswerable questions in good company. And I agree. You know what? I think, God, I think on a sec, you guys, that's so funny that you said that because this is how I ended my book. The very last page, exactly what you just said. There are no guarantees in life and I don't know how my story will end, but I have faith and faith is not about everything turning out. Okay. But faith is about being okay. No matter how things turn out. That's basically what you just said. Sort of. we don't have the answers to everything. It's- no, but the, what I was saying is you, it's, it's about talking about life. And also we don't have all the answers and don't try to have all the answers. No, there are things in life that there are just, they are just not answerable. Answerable. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, we could talk about this forever. Cause I, I mean, I've got more points that are coming to my head that I want to say, but probably we should wrap it up. Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. I think, again, we try to, you know, keep you guys in mind with you busy moms and busy people not having, you know, a ton of time to uh, listen to the podcast. So we try and keep it under half an hour. We know that your time is very valuable. So I hope that these tips were helpful to you. I hope you enjoyed listening to me and Shelly ramble on about this. But I think that we touched on a lot of really great tips that I hope resonate with you guys and give you food for thought because it can make a big difference. Send us messages and let us know what you think. Well, only if it's good though. Yeah. And if it's good, don't comment if you have if you have shit to say. Yeah, shit to say. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah, leave a message, leave a comment. Let me know how you guys are enjoying the podcast. Let me know or let us know. If there's things, other things that you want to talk about that you want us to bring up that you know stuff that's on your mind, we'd be more than happy to dive in. So anyway, with that. Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of Get Real with Mama Moines. And see you next Wednesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Get Real with Mama Moines. If you haven't done so yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all of your friends. You can find more of me, Emily Moines, on my website at rebuildfkcastlife.com and follow me on my social media, Instagram and Facebook at Get Real with a Mama Moines. Please be sure to join us next time where we will always be here keeping it real.